Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 283. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week. As always, I'm joined by one of the marvelous members of the Blueprint Live Online team, continuing our breakdown this week of the Blueprint Half-Length Diagnostic that you get for free by signing up for a free account over at blueprintmcat.com. We are continuing bio biochem with our discrete set here, our second set of discretes in BioBioChem here for, again, the Blueprint MCAT half-length diagnostic that you get for free over at BlueprintMCAT.com. Jason, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? I am excellent. I'm licking my wounds from uh, not remembering rest and digest soon enough with the oh, parasympathetic, yeah. parasympathetic nervous system. Rest and digest, rest and digest for everyone um, out there. Remember, parasympathetic, rest and digest. Um, let's talk about um, discrete section because we're going to jump into a bio-biochem discrete here, here in this Blueprint MCAT half-length diagnostic. It's always a mouthful. BlueprintMCAT.com, go there, get, get access to this diagnostic for free. Discrete sections, uh, very different, I think, in terms of like mindset, in terms of comfort level. I, I have less of a crutch to be able to go back to a passage and potentially extract some information that's gonna help me answer a question. The The discrete section for me is make or break. I either know it or I don't know it. Is that the right thinking or is there some, some potential logic involved here as well? Oh yeah, absolutely there is. So some of these questions are going to be certainly just content, just kind of like a, a, a science class final. Um, you're going to see a bunch of that, but there are going to be a lot of, so the AMC has these divided up into different skill numbers. So skill one questions are those just basic, do you know the content, recognize a term, uh, apply a term, that kind of thing. Skill two questions are the more reasoning based questions. And skill one and skill two both represent about 40% of all of the questions each that you're gonna see on your test. And by and large, your discretes are going to be one of those two. So you are going to see skill to some reasoning questions in the discretes um, where you're asked to apply something that you know to a new situation. A lot of the psychosocial questions 
are going to do that, where they say, here's a vocabulary word. Which of these is a person that's exemplifying that, that vocabulary is, is doing something in their day that is that thing? Or conversely, here's a person who's doing something. Which of these vocabulary words is the descriptor for, for what they're doing? Hmm. Um, so seeing those more reasoning-based questions is not uncommon for, uh, for the discretes. Okay. So, so 100% fear not warranted. Maybe... 40% fear. <laughs> and in fact, it's, it's, it's actually a little bit less scary because you never have to sit there and wonder, like, was there something relevant in the passage that I need to include in this? Yeah. So you, you have, like, it cuts out half of all of the potential sources of information, the other half being your brain, where, you know, it's, it's going to be based in something I know. I don't have to go back to a passage. I don't have to scan for information. I don't have to worry of, of like this one phrase provides me the information I needed to answer the question. Yeah. So here, here's a strategy that I hear every once in a while on Reddit is, is ooh, I recommend you go to all of the discrete questions first. Just like click through all the passages, get to the discrete questions, answer those first. Do you have any... Uh, strategy suggestions in, in terms of that? I get the rationale behind that. If you do easier questions first, it can, they often go much more quickly than more difficult questions. And it gives you a better sense of your pacing once you're trying to go through those more difficult questions and how much time you have allotted to spend on them. So I, I get the rationale. Also, being able to get those quicker points. Uh, can help to build some momentum, build some confidence. But you have to balance that against the fact that you're clicking through the section ultimately to find them. And you don't have a really good way of finding those discrete sections just from the navigation page. The navigation page doesn't tell you where the passage sections begin and end. So you are clicking through 59 questions to be able to find um, the you know the the discrete sets within the the section, which is going to take more time than I think you're going to save uh, in the long run. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our discrete today. Um, I'll read the first one here. Which of the following questions? This is question twenty nine again from the Blueprint MCAT half link diagnostic which you get for free at blueprintmcat.com by creating a free account. Uh, question 29, which of the following is most likely to use a protein channel to cross the eukaryotic cell membrane? A, aldosterone, B, C8 2 plus, C, O2, or D, CO2? <sighs> All right. So, um... <laughs> Protein channel, cell membrane, uh, what's going to use a protein channel uh, to, to, to go there? <sighs> so this is one of those questions where, again, you could sit and make your flashcards and memorize like all the different things that can go through the, the cell membrane and yep. approach it that way. Yep. And that I think is what a lot of people do when they're studying for this test. Yep. The other direction to approach this from is, is from a reasoning perspective. Yep. And you can say, well, what do I know yep. about cell membranes? Yep. And what does that tell me about the kind of stuff that can go through it and what can't? Yeah. 
<sighs> so, oh man. Cell membranes uh, are there to help protect us, keep things out and put things in and transport things, get get things to the nucleus where we need them and to all the different parts of a cell and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, potentially is, is this another one of those, like our last episodes, like which one of these is not like the other, where we had insulin being a really big molecule going, well, that's not going to use this thing. And the other ones were really small ions or whatever. Um I mean, all else being equal, yeah, we can do that here. Yeah, so so again, aldosterone kind of stands out to me because it's a big hormone here. That's like, um, is is that the same as the these ions as O two as CO two? Um, I, I mean, to me, like if I were doing this, and I am doing this, uh, and going, okay, like aldosterone's different than everything else here. Uh, then that's, uh, that's the one that, um, I'm going to say potentially is, is the one that's going to need the other potentially ways to to think about Mm -hmm. this as I'm looking at is like, okay, uh, protein channel, cell membrane, um, let's look at charges the only one that has a listed charge is the is an choice b at ca2 plus now are they just leaving off charges off of o2 co2 or those kind of uh not charged positively or negatively uh is aldosterone charged negatively or positively i don't remember and so i'm left with answer choice a or b for those two reasons uh either because aldosterone is very different than the other three, and so um, it needs to use that, or we need to use B because it has a charge and the cell membrane wants to regulate things with charges, and so that that's going to happen. Um, I'm going to go with answer choice B just because I'm like, eh, let's, let's go with uh, something a little bit different this time. Instead of shape, size, whatever... Because we need hormones getting into places to do things. Um, do we do we want to regulate that, or should we regulate uh, charges to make sure we don't, we're not blowing up cells because we have too much charge going one way or another? Don't want that. Yeah. So I'll go with B. Okay. So B turns out to be correct here. Okay. Correct so, um, so that that heuristic that we have for like one of these things is not like the other and I'm gonna use that to select an answer, that works really great in a pinch. Here's a situation where more than one of these answer choices is unique in some way. Yeah. So just saying, all right, aldosterone is, is a larger molecule, the rest are small, um, and you know, see, especially because that's answer choice A and that's the first thing that we see, it's a lot more likely that we're gonna select that one and therefore a lot more likely that we're gonna get this one incorrect. Mm-hmm. So what I was alluding to before about uh, cell membranes, when you think cell membrane, you should be thinking phospholipid bilayer. Like that's the thing that's important. So forget the context here. Hydrophobic and hydrophilic come up a ton on the MCAT. They come up in in protein folding. They come up in um, uh, 
cell transport like we see here. They come up in chemical reactions, uh, solvation layers and soaps, things like that. So we're going to see that idea throughout the MCAT and being able to spot it here with the cell membrane on, all right, what's going to be able to go through from one side of cell membrane, which is uh, an aqueous environment, through the phospholipid bilayer, that lipid in the middle that is a little bit more oily, a little bit more hydrophobic, and then out through the other side. So the, the sorts of things that can go through the bilayer are things that are perfectly happy going through a, a hydrophobic environment. So oxygen is small and it's nonpolar. CO2 is small and it's nonpolar. Aldosterone is a little bit larger, but it's a steroid hormone. And steroid hormones are based in cholesterol. And cholesterol is one of the things that is perfectly happy to not only be incorporated into a cell membrane, but pass right through it. Uh, ions, on the other hand, are really going to hate that hydrophobic environment in between the uh, in inside the the cell membrane. So ions need special channels, special ways of getting through. Yeah, oh, I don't like these questions. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. So, like when you if you're practicing and you get a question wrong, don't automatically assume it's because I didn't study enough. Uh -huh. It's, it, it comes down to like, what could I have noticed that would have been maybe a larger trend that I can apply to, to more questions. So I bet the next time you see a question on cell membrane and you're thinking hydrophobic in the middle, it's, it's like a, like a water Oreo where, you know, water on the outside, hydrophobic uh, lipids in the middle um, that tells us a lot about what we would expect to see with the behavior of things trying to go through. Yeah. All righty. Let's uh, have you read next question here. Question 30. All right. Uh, which of the following is an element of humoral immunity? And we've got A, phagocytes, B, aminoglobulins. That's a, that's a tongue twister. C, T cells, and D, MHC1. How are you feeling about immunity? Uh, I mean, everyone should know about immunity with COVID, right? We all have sure. uh, gotten our re-education on the immune response and uh, Omicron and all the variants and what's working, what's not working. Um, the humoral resp response. Um, oh, man. So let's try to see. If I don't remember what humoral means, uh, if we can see what's going on here. Uh, immunoglobulins, T-cells, phagocytes, MHC1, which I don't remember what MHC stands for. Um, so we'll just have to hope that that's not the right answer. Um Hmm. So, so do you have a do you have a gut feeling about any of this? <laughs> the gut feeling is why am I doing this to myself? Um this this test called the MCAT is uh, is terrible. So I mean the 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 one thing that that 
is different without remembering MHC1. Uh, phagocytes and T cells are these kind of things out there. If we think about the immune system, we have like B cells, T cells, uh, the phagocytes, right, um, that are out there doing doing all this stuff. Um, immunoglobulins, I think of I think of like antibodies and things that are going on. Um, and to me, that's just, there's something different about that for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and like, I'm like, versus like phagocytes and T cells, maybe a little bit too similar in my mind versus, I don't, I have no idea. I'm going to go with B and I'm going to move on. Your instincts are 100% correct <laughs> on this one. And that's, that's awesome. So this is a question where it is, you know, that skill one, that content based, you know it or you don't. And it comes down to familiarity with the different divisions of the immune system and, and being aware of, of the, the large pieces of each one. We don't need to get down into the nitty gritty of exactly how the immune system works for this question. We just need broad strokes. Um, but that's what the MCAT rewards. The MCAT rewards a breadth of knowledge, not, a, not necessarily a depth of knowledge. So your instinct here that, that phagocytes and T cells are more similar than they are different is 100% correct. Um, those are part of cell-mediated immune response, where those are actually the cells that are going out and doing the, the thing. Um, and in fact, MHC1 is the target protein for T cells. It's one of the two, so there's MHC1 and MHC2, one of the two kinds of proteins that will latch onto a, path, a pathogen that T cells recognize and then attack. So all three of those are part of the cell-mediated uh, immunity. We've got innate immunity, which is the stuff that just like is, uh, your skin, uh, saliva, stuff like that. And then immunoglobulins, which you said, and I haven't, I'm still 0 for 2 on pronouncing that correctly, um, which you said are like antibodies. Uh, that's exactly what they are. And those are, so those antibodies are released by beta cells. So it's not the beta cell that's doing the thing. It's the, uh, the stuff released by the thing that's doing the thing. <laughs> it's all very technical terms, but that's what we mean by humoral immunity. We're using humors. We're using some other fluid or what have you that goes out. And, and Is does that what humoral comes from? Like I think so. I could school. be hundred percent wrong about that, but it sound it feels right yeah, to me. Like like out in the ether, we would talk about yeah. the, the humors of the body. We didn't know anything. You got your phlegm. You get your bile. You get your blood. You that, got the that black makes, ichor. That makes complete sense. And now that's going to stick in my brain even more. Man, you know, finding these little things to latch <laughs> onto is is the best thing. It's it's not flashcard knowledge. It's like a little bit of you know, taking that, that piece of knowledge that you're trying to get and putting it on a hook in your brain yeah. that really makes the difference. If you can relate it to something you already know, you'll never forget it. Yeah. So it's like, is, is the thing doing the thing itself or is the thing doing, having something else do the thing? <laughs> and it, yeah, is it the henchman else. or is it, is it the, the dictator that's sending out the henchman? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Got it. Uh, okay. Got it. Random. <laughs> All right. Little tidbit. Hopefully people uh, can hang their hat on that one. 
question 31, last one here in this short little uh, discrete section. A molecule enters a cell and creates pores in the inner mitochondrial membrane. Will oxidative phosphorylation continue to generate ATP? A, yes, because the cell membrane is still complete. B, yes, because ATP is required for cell function. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, C, no, because there is no available oxygen. Or D, no, because the uh, proton gradient will be um, dissipated. So I'm going to immediately throw out answer choice B because it's like that's not really answering the question. Uh, it's like, yes, ATP is required for cell function, uh, but that's not that's just saying like the obvious. So I'm going to get rid of answer choice B to hopefully increase uh, increase my, my chances here. Um, we're going to poke holes, a.k.a. pores, uh, in this mitochondrial membrane. Like, to say that the membrane is still complete, like, I don't, I don't know how that can be true. Like, sure, like, the wall was built, but when you build doors into the wall, like, things, things can still happen. Uh, Like, it's not complete. I don't know. Like, so I'm going to get rid of A, um, because to me, that's just weird. Like, it's, yeah, it has holes in it. I don't know if you can say that's complete. Um, uh, and so I'm left with C and D, both no answers. So no, because there's no available oxygen. And so I'm like, well, what is, why is there no oxygen just because we have pores? Um, cause I would assume there's still oxygen, like some, whoever's body this is, they're still breathing. Hopefully they have lungs. Uh, and, and although if, if, if this happens, not for long, <laughs> yes, yes, everywhere. Um, and so I, I'm just going to go with D because it seems like it's the most obvious answer to go, well, if you poke holes, then we're, we're disrupting our homeostasis and things are going to be all screwed up. Uh, and so I'm just going to say D. Absolutely right. Yep. <laughs> D is our answer. Here. It seemed, it seemed too easy, but I'm so, so weird. Yeah, there's no such thing as too easy on the MCAT. I I put it this way. There have to be questions that help to differentiate a test taker who's going to get a 472 and a test taker who's going to get a 473. So there will be (laughs) guineas on the MCAT. 473. 473. I mean, it's it's on a it's on a normal curve, so we're gonna we're gonna see those. That question is a really great example of the sort of thing that we have been talking about, especially in that last passage that we did, where the MCAT loves to take a system that works perfectly and break it, and then ask you what happens. And this proton gradient in the mitochondrial membrane is one of those things. If we dissipate the proton gradient, then we don't get all that lovely. Uh, electron transport that ultimately leads to leads to ATP. Yeah. Um, so that knowing that connection between the proton gradient and making ATP answers a lot of these kinds of questions for you. And and you should expect to see a, a small handful of questions on uh, oxidative phosphorylation on your test. All right, there you have it. Some more questions for you. Hopefully this is useful. I love getting messages from students saying, hey, 
I listened to the MCAT podcast while I worked out or walked the dog or did dishes or whatever. And I scored a 520. Thank you so much. Like, it's amazing. It's free MCAT prep. So hopefully you are taking full advantage of this free, amazing MCAT prep that I get to do with Blueprint MCAT. Go thank Blueprint MCAT by signing up for a free account. Get this half-length diagnostic, a free full-length, their amazing study planner tool, their brand new spaced repetition flashcard platform, and much, much more. Go check it out, blueprintmcat.com. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.